Hello everyone. You are listening to the Creative Biolabs podcast, we provide reliable exosome-related services and products to clients around the world. Our services cover all aspects of exosome isolation and purification, identification, antibody and engineering. Dear friends in the audience, welcome to our program on time every Saturday night. I'm Connie. Today, our old friend Dr. Hofstadter, as promised, will lead us to explore more interesting knowledge. Let's first welcome Dr. Hofstadter with warm applause. Would you say hello to our audience, Dr. Hofstadter? Good evening every dear friend in the audience. Good evening Connie, thanks for your invitation. Okay. We mentioned something about the involvement of exosomes in immune regulation in our last episode. Some of them have been mentioned many times, which can be regarded as a brief review. Collectively, exosomes are an important regulatory feature of the normal function of the immune system and diseases, in which exosomes may be involved in immune dysregulation. In addition, there are many other interactions between cells involved in immunity through exosome-mediated intercellular communication. The listeners who passed the previous program must still be impressed. Subsequently, we discussed tumor-derived exosomes, their isolated source, and various cancers associated with them. The body fluids of patients with malignant diseases contain normal exosomes, exosomes secondary to comorbidities, and tumor-derived exosomes. Finally, we learned that tumor-derived exosomes may be useful in translational research, because they often contain molecules characteristic of the malignant tissue from which tumor-derived exosomes are derived. So, Dr. Hofstadter, are we going to talk about the non-immune role of exosomes in tumor progression? Yes. We know that tumor growth depends on a balance between proliferation and cell death processes. These processes are regulated by multiple molecular mechanisms. Tumor-derived exosomes are involved in specific cancer growth through autocrine, paracrine, and endocrine regulation of the local tumor environment. As far as I know, a model has been proposed, in which malignant cells interact to prepare their environment, through autocrine and paracrine activities. This environment supports local tumor growth, migration and invasion of malignant cells, induction of myofibroblasts, increased angiogenesis, and epithelial mesenchymal transition. Different compartments from tumor-derived exosomes generate various responses. Tumor-derived exosomes locally generate an environment that supports the growth of the primary tumor. Sounds interesting. What are the important substances contained in the exosomes that can promote tumor growth? Well, its contents are rich in messenger RNA, producing proteins associated with cell cycle stimulation of stromal cells, including endothelial cells. The enrichment of local and metastatic environments is often secondary to tumor-derived exosomes. In addition, they may also contain proteins that stimulate angiogenesis. Yeah. I also learned that tumor-derived exosomes can stimulate endothelial cell proliferation thereby aiding tumor progression by increasing angiogenesis. Could you give us some examples? Sure. For example, paracrine stimulation of melanoma-derived exosomes 
selectively increased endothelial cell formed spheroids and spheroid budding. And inclusion of TGF-beta and VEGF. Compared with endothelial cell derived autocrine exosome levels of proangiogenic cytokines. Likewise, microvesicles can be isolated from the conditioned medium, from short-term cultures of cells, from human glioblastoma samples and serum, from these and control patients. These vesicles were isolated by typical preparations used to isolate exosomes, but CD9 and CD81 were not assessed. Similar to the previously described exosomes from glioblastoma patients, epidermal EGFR8 receptors were found in these vesicles, including vesicles from the serum of 9 of 25 glioblastoma patients. In addition, other messenger RNA mutants or variants, and microRNAs typical of glioblastoma, were identified in such vesicles. In these studies, they also found that Microvesicles isolated by this method contain proteins that stimulate angiogenesis, such as angiopoietin, VEGF, interleukin-6, and interleukin-8. In other words, these angiogenic proteins were enriched in tumor-derived vesicles, compared to their content in glioblastoma-derived cells. Right? Exactly. When tumor-derived vesicles were internalized by the brain's microvascular endothelial cells, they stimulated an increase in tubule length. This is similar to that caused by proteins that stimulate angiogenesis. Microvesicles also stimulated the proliferation of the glioblastoma-derived U87 glioma cell line. This suggests that, in addition to stimulating angiogenesis, these tumor-derived vesicles can also stimulate autocrine. These angiogenic proteins are enriched in tumor-derived vesicles. Likewise, the hypoxic environment in the primary tumor may lead to exosome release. These exosomes are rich in proteins that stimulate angiogenesis. This has been demonstrated in the A431 cell line, where VEGF and other cytokines are increased by hypoxia. Furthermore, hypoxia reduced adhesion and increased invasion. Notably, ECADherin was decreased and its negative regulator SNAIL, two proteins involved in epithelial mesenchymal transition, increased. Do tumor-derived exosomes and associated vesicles support tumor growth and dissemination by providing autocrine signals to tumor cells? Well, you could say that, but reports of autocrine effects of specific cancer cell lines vary among tumor types. Specifically, Tumor-derived exosomes have been reported to increase apoptosis in well-differentiated but poorly differentiated pancreatic cell lines due to the notch pathway. This autocrine response suggests that, for some pancreatic tumors, tumor-derived exosomes may inhibit local growth. In contrast, tumor-derived exosomes increased proliferation through autocrine signaling in breast cancer cell lines. Furthermore, exosomes derived from glioblastoma-type primary tumors increased the growth of the glioblastoma-derived cell line U87. Indeed, I have a question, though it may sound unprofessional. Is the increase in cancer cells due to increased proliferation or decreased apoptosis? You highlight a real problem. But the truth is, neither of these reasons can be ruled out. Similarly, Incubation of cervical cancer cell lines, with exosomes of this cell line transfected with the protein LAMP-1, 
increased AKT and ERK phosphorylation. Notably, activation of the AKT pathway was associated with increased proliferation and other tumor-promoting downstream molecules. Exosomes from a gastric cancer cell line stimulated the proliferation of this cell line, as well as a second gastric cancer cell line. This stimulation of proliferation is also achieved by increasing the expression of the AKT pathway. So, taken together, we can say tumor growth may be affected by the regulation of apoptosis by exosomes. Dr. Hofstadter, can you talk about the effect of anti-apoptotic proteins on tumors? No problem. The anti-apoptotic protein Survivin and its related proteins HSP70 and HSP90 can be packaged in and on exosomes, and their concentration can be increased by cellular stress. Notably, Survivin also increases cell proliferation and invasion, so exosomal Survivin is a potent microenvironmental stimulator that promotes tumor growth and dissemination. What does establishing a supportive environment to promote local growth and progression and dissemination of the primary tumor depend on? It depends not only on tumor-derived exosomes, I think, but also on other microvesicles released from malignant cells, as well as exosomes and other microvesicles from non-malignant cells in the local environment. Here is an example. Human prostate cancer cell lines have been reported to secrete microvesicles that are not thought to be exosomes but still activate human fibroblasts. These microvesicles were isolated after centrifugation, without a nanofiltration step, and without sedimentation by ultracentrifugation. But you know, these vesicles are important in intercellular communication. Activated fibroblasts also exhibited increased shedding of microvesicles that increased migration and invasion of human prostate cancer cells. These autocrine and paracrine responses as signaling circuits did not occur in the much less metastatic prostate cancer cell lines. Okay. Then how do locally secreted tumor-derived exosomes promote cancer metastasis? Good question. Locally secreted tumor-derived exosomes can induce activation of fibroblasts or myofibroblasts. This, in turn, degrades the local extracellular matrix, increases cell motility and invasion, and epithelial mesenchymal transition of tumor cells. Furthermore, tumor-derived exosomes can induce the expression of smooth muscle actin in fibroblasts, I mean, as an indicator of their differentiation into myofibroblasts. Differentiation into myofibroblasts can alter the tumor microenvironment by increasing extracellular matrix production. Tumor-derived exosomes can also transfer phenotypic properties to local cells, including limited oncogenic features, through molecular signaling, thereby promoting tumor growth. And it may induce local cells to generate or modulate their phenotypic and molecular characteristics, to produce phenotypic changes that support tumor development and spread. Local changes in the tumor microenvironment such as hypoxia, pH, cell detachment, and stress such as heat, may affect exosome production, secretion, and molecular content. It has been reported that exosomes can efficiently transfer molecular features of the cell membrane, cytoplasm, and nucleus of source cells to target cells. When these molecules produce oncogenic phenotype signatures, as I know, 
tumor-derived exosomes or other similarly functional vesicles are referred to as oncosomes. Can you give us some examples? Sure, for example. The constitutively activated epidermal EGFR-related receptor. Epidermal EGFR variants are oncogenic. Through their persistent activation of the MAPK and AKT pathways, and production of VEGF. Vesicles that can be obtained from glioblastoma tumors can transfer epidermal EGFR in cell culture to less aggressive glioma cells that lack epidermal EGFR surface molecules. Upon metastasis, epidermal EGFR expression remained relatively stable in these tumor cells. Thus, this transfer of the epidermal EGFR may represent a mechanism. What is the significance of the discovery of this mechanism? Through this mechanism, I think, a more aggressive phenotype can spread horizontally in tumor cells. Continued exposure of endothelial cells to epidermal EGFR from exosomes was also able to transfer the epidermal EGFR phenotype to endothelial cells. You know, this stimulates their growth and therefore angiogenesis. But note that, non-tumor endothelial cells were not stably transformed and lost epidermal EGFR expression, when exposure to tumor-derived exosomes was discontinued. Another example of the transfer of oncogenic phenotypes through the release of vesicles from cancer cells has been described by research groups. What is their main content? As far as I know, they studied vesicles released from breast cancer cell lines as well as vesicles separated from glioma cell lines that remained on the filter. These larger vesicles contain tissue transglutaminase, an oncogenic enzyme that crosslinks proteins. They report that this vesicle containing transglutaminase and the transglutaminase substrate fibronectin can be transferred to fibroblasts, or human benign breast epithelial cells. Some specific characteristics of cancer cells include growth in low serum medium, and anchorage independent growth in agar. I believe their study is significant. Okay, that's all content we have today. Thanks to Dr. Hofstadter for his wonderful science popularization. Thank you all for joining us. There will be more interesting knowledge waiting for us in the next program. See you next time. Thank you. I hope we will see you next time.